Welcome to It's All Fine and Dangy, where we talk about community, health, culture, and all of the big and little things that make life good. Here are your hosts, Dan and Angie. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 40. And Merry Christmas to you. This is our Christmas special. This is a special episode for us today, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Two in a week. Two podcasts in a week. We're out of control. Because it's Christmas and it's Wednesday. So there you go. I hope everybody's morning is going good. If you have little kids at home, I'm sure you were up at like 4 a.m., we weren't. <laughs> or you're listening to this before you do the thing, which is very unlikely, though. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I kind of miss those days. I'm the one who wakes up the people in the house now. I know. We were talking about that the other day. I know. I know. The kids would be the ones sleeping in, and you'd be like, Santa came. Santa came. <laughs> and maybe Santa did come. I think Santa's coming for us this year. And by the time this airs, it will have already happened. Yeah. That's what I said. Merry Christmas. I know. Hey, <laughs> you up early? Bright and early? Indeed. Well, well we're up semi-early having our coffee, so. Yeah, and we're recording this on the Saturday, Sunday, sorry, Sunday. the Sunday before Christmas. We are going to go see the Polar Express ice carvings thing at Gaylord Palms tonight. Yes, we are. So I'm excited to go do that. Yes, we are. Um, And I, I had some exciting news happen. All right, drum roll. Drum roll. I'm going to be a grandma. Everybody knows that. Oh, yep. me, a grandgie. Oh, be careful. A, you might end well, up with Graham. No, no I'm not going to be a Graham. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to have, there's going to be a granddaughter around. Yes, I know. I don't know what to do with those. It's a girl. Yes, it's a girl. I don't know what to do with girls. Well, I do, so I'll help you. Okay. Uh, the first thing you do is Disney passes. <laughs> You're so crazy. <laughs> Princesses. I'll be trying to make her more into like a... You know, one of the tough characters. I know. I, um, <laughs> your son, Austin, I, I asked him if he was still trying to maybe slip in the middle name as Thor. I guess, I guess that didn't work <laughs> He lost out. that. He did lose that one. I don't know if I can give the name away. It's no, kind of interesting. I would, I would let them do it. Yeah, they're like celebrities. They chose a celebrity name, but it's very interesting. <laughs> it is interesting. Yeah. I like different names, though. I know. Yeah, me too. So... Yeah. I, I, it's a celebrity name, y'all. I'm just going to tell you that right now. We both went relatively traditional with our own kids, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, my youngest son, Logan, was actually named after Wolverine. Uh, yep, yeah, go figure so, that. So that's where his name came from. In Austin, I just liked the name. So that's where that name came from. Yep. I just liked it. And then there's like, you know, like one of his best friends was there last night. His name is Austin. Know, it's like, yeah. ki- and it seemed like all the kids that were named Austin had blonde hair and blue eyes. I am not even lying. How like funny in his, is that? In his school. Yeah. I'm like, what is the likelihood of this? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Anyway, well, so yeah. I, I, I went relatively traditional with my kids' names with Jacob and Rachel. And, you know, I did not, I'm, I'm not referencing the Bible, but it, they happen to come from the Bible. I didn't uh-huh. know that. I didn't know that or really think of that when I when we picked those names. I think names. that's the first thing I said to you when we met. Where did you get those names from? Because... Yeah. Um... Well, look, my name's <laughs> Daniel, and I guess, you know, I, technically that's from the Bible as well, though that's not where it was picked for me either. So, you know, I'm, I guess I'm somewhat, or I was somewhat traditional on yeah. the name. So speaking of traditional names, Christmas traditions are here. They are. 
What are our Christmas traditions? Well, we're. I think, you know, I was thinking about this before the show, and I think our traditions are relatively traditional, pardon the pun, but, yeah. the, you know, we don't do anything where people are like, that's really weird. Yeah. We do the typical stuff. Mm-hmm. So, typical stuff, like we get our our tree yep. pretty much like the day after Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. Or, or before, I think, <laughs> or this I year. I think we got it before this year, <laughs> yeah. Um, we also have... Um, we try to watch Christmas movies, our favorites. Yes, we have a big list of Christmas movies. Yeah, um, and, and my favorite is The Grinch. Mine is Christmas Vacation. Rachel's is? The Polar Express, of the course. The Polar Express. We, you know, we have some we really wanted to watch, and since we are recording this before Christmas, there's a few I talked to Rachel. I still want to watch, and so does she, like Fred Claus. That was a really good oh, one. Oh, yeah, that was a great one. And that's kind of an obscure one. Um the new Grinch movie, and I say new, I think it came out last year. Yeah. I was really impressed with it. Yeah, that was a great one. Yeah. Um, there was a weird one we watched last year that was like a scary one. Oh, it's like the night before or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it was really weird, but it was good. We might watch that one again, too. <laughs> yeah. Then there's the standards like Frosty and Rudolph and Charlie Brown. Yeah. and you know, don't watch those so much anymore, though. No, I don't either. I mean, they're no- nostalgic. We so. did watch Die Hard, which is oh, arguably a Christmas, a Christmas movie. movie, even though Bruce Willis will tell you it's not. But yeah. Uh, well, it happened at Christmas time, so it's in that setting. Oh, and Rachel wants to watch Krampus with you, which is like a horror movie, oh, Christmas movie. Oh, you guys are going to make me do that that aren't you <laughs> probably She's gonna force me um something else we do every year is we get a new ornament yep and we get an ornament that kind of represents our year or something that happened or you know just something that we're into like right. we've had like um an ugly sweaty uh, ugly sweaty party mm. really i don't want to go to that i don't want to go to that party either no <laughs> actually we were pretty sweaty because that was the year at my parents house that we did ugly sweater party and it wasn't cold and it was hot year. another yeah. year we did the pjs it was so hot i'm like yep. we, we just we can't we gotta learn our lesson and not do this we need like bathing suit favorites for christmas yeah <laughs> <laughs> um or Hawaiian shirt because oh, you, you know go. there's that fun one where people are dressed up as Santa and like Hawaiian sure. or like Florida that's, type clothes. That's actually clothes. a good, good theme for next year. It'll probably yeah. be in the 30s for yeah. some reason. <laughs> exactly. But we have like an ugly sweater ornament. We have um, a Jack and Sally one that your mom got us one year when we were Jack and Sally for oh, yeah. Halloween. I forgot about and those. Yeah. This year we went to um, Embellish FX and we got um, our Halloween ones yeah. that are kind of creepy. They are, I think Rachel got like a scary clown with big long teeth or yes. one of us did. Yeah. I don't, I don't even, I got, oh, somebody got a scary one. snowman. Scary snowman. And there was one other one that was crazy. Oh, it's a little evil elf or something. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So they had some pretty cool ones there. So that's anyway. So, well, you know, ornaments like that, letters to Santa, movies, getting the tree. That's all very traditional stuff. The Christmas Cookies dinner. milk. But I also looked up some obscure traditions, which I thought were kind of cool that people do weird stuff or different stuff. And it's a short list, but the um, one of them I read that I thought was really interesting is there's a family out there that have started a tradition where they don't buy anything for each other for stockings. Now, this isn't the stockings that Santa stuff. So if you're, if you're kids and you're listening, that's Santa's job. But for people that you know, put stuff in stockings from each other, they have a tradition, this family, where they don't buy it. So throughout the year, they collect little things. Oh, interesting. Right, that remind them of each other from the year, and none of them can can have costs any money. 
So maybe like a coaster from some place that they went to, like a, a, a cup coaster. Yeah, or... one of them. One of them. They were like a coaster, and they were silly things. Like one of them was like a, a couple of acorns from a place that they went and visited. Just little things oh, that remind. That. I did too. I thought it was really neat. And so by the end of the year, they have enough stuff to put in a stocking, and then they talk about what it is and what it reminded them Brings of each up year. Memories. So, I love that. I thought that was really cool. I Another need to one. Steal that one. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> to do separate stockings for uh-huh. that. Another one is there's a family that does sort of a combination of an Easter and Christmas where they hide the gifts and and all the gifts and yeah. then everybody's got to look around the house for their gifts which is kind of interesting yeah. i thought I, I read that in a, a magazine that was talking about all the waste that we have during christmas yeah. and it said instead of wrapping the gifts yep um hide them give clues and hide them around the house because so it's the, still a surprise oh so you don't have all the wasted paper not a lot of wasted paper oh, that's a great that's idea right um, another one was and i feel like at some point i may have done this with my kids but another one was to buy pajamas for everybody, wrap it up, and then let them open that up early in the day on Christmas Eve so that everybody can wear those pajamas on Christmas yeah. Eve for pictures. That was, we had that tradition. We always got oh, did new you? Christmas PJs. Yeah. Oh, very nice. And we wore them on Christmas Eve, got to open them on That's Christmas awesome. Eve. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Um, Christmas pizza night. So okay. some people do, instead of like their traditional Christmas dinner, now this is Christmas day, not Christmas Eve. Oh, okay. But they do... They make, you know, like a make your own pizza night kind of thing. So I thought that was pretty cool. We know what our dinner is going to be on Christmas. Oh, well, you know what's funny? That is sort of maybe maybe this is a traditional thing for people to do on Christmas night as you get older or maybe even old families. But we've never done this until last year. Mm -hmm. But we're going to Ruth's Chris on Christmas night because we won't have Rachel. Now, this is Christmas night, not Christmas Eve. So I'm excited about that. Because nobody wants to cook after. All that excitement and it's kind of exhausting. I know. Nobody I know. wants to cook and I make agree. a mess in the kitchen. Indeed, but you know it's my favorite restaurant, yeah. so I'm excited. So we dress up and we make it like a special yeah. evening. Yeah, I, you know I say it's my favorite. I think it's kind of a tie with uh, the chef's table because it, you know chef's table still my favorite. Yeah, yeah, just um, the atmosphere. Other families do holiday camping, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. If you have the opportunity to do that and the weather is right, it sounds amazing. Of course, if you're up north, that would be probably pretty miserable. Yeah. But it reminded me, when we were kids, one thing we did is camping by the Christmas tree. So we would get sleeping bags oh. and go roll them out. And we'd only do this one or two nights, but you know, we'd leave the Christmas tree lights on all night. Yeah. And we would sleep by the Christmas tree in the presents Oh, that is cool. That is cool. It was really fun. And then one other thing reminded me of just how nerdy we were getting in the last episode. <laughs> um, some people, you know, when you're taking your holiday break or whatever, they buy a big puzzle, put it on a puzzle table, and the whole family throughout the break works on it, and the objective is to get it done by the end of the holiday break. Okay, this is how nerdy we are, because the other day I was doing my shopping on the Facebook marketplace, where I never buy anything from, but I do my shopping <laughs> the there. Fake shopping, yeah. <laughs> and they had a table, Dan, that was a long square table, and it had these little inserts where you lifted it and your puzzle pieces were in there and you pull them up, put them on the top of the table and oh, then nice. put the piece back down so you have the whole table to do puzzles. Oh, nice. I was like, uh-oh. You're going to end up putting that in the studio. Oh, hello. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was pretty cool, especially it, since we were just talking about it. <laughs> it is very cool. And I think, I don't know, maybe we'll do a puzzle over the break. 
All right, guys. Well, I think that wraps up this and that. So please stay tuned for our interview today with the Community Callout because we had the opportunity to meet with a very successful local author, among other things. I don't want to give it away. So hang tight and we'll be right back. Hey guys, welcome back. And now it's time for our community call out. And today we are especially excited for our guest. She's a local author, a screenwriter, a cosplayer, and she's basically turned all of these passions into a full-blown second career. Yay. So please <laughs> join us in welcoming Jamie Engel. Jamie, welcome to the show. And thanks thank for joining you. us. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, and we thank are you too. for setting up this little space that we're yeah. recording in. This is pretty cool. Yeah. So nice. we're recording this in a like a private conference room in a library. I know. So it's a perfect setting. It really totally. is. It's nice. So before we get rolling about your books and your all the stuff that you have going on, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Personally. Sure. Uh, I'm an Aquarius. I'm in a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like a good book and a walk in front of the fire. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was great. It's how I roll. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I, I love to write. Uh, I love to help people. I'm the communications director for the Space Coast Association of Realtors. So that's my full-time gig. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. My eldest son just uh, moved to Orlando to go to college and he works at Universal. Wow. So. Bittersweet. Oh, fun job. Oh, oh that, yeah. That is bittersweet, though. I can yeah. relate to that for sure. But it's an hour and four minute drive. Not that I'm counting. <laughs> yes. But I'm he's sure close enough. Yeah. Um, and then my youngest son, he's a uh, football guru. He's 12. He's really good. Um, wow. Not my not my opinion. Others' opinions. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he loves it. He's very passionate about it. And, uh, and my husband is a local realtor as well. So we, you know, kind of work together a bit. Yeah. And, a little uh, bit. He, he's a funny guy. Yep. Oh, nice. Yeah. He keeps Funny me grounded. Good. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. So tell us when your love of writing first started. Were you a kid? Yeah. When I was uh, like seven or eight, I read Alice in Wonderland. And I remember at one point being so like involved in the story that I left my bedroom. And when that happened and I realized that I had left my bedroom, then I was back on my bed. And I just oh, thought that was... Oh, you mean like was, it transported yes. you? Oh, that's so relatable. And oh. I thought it was the coolest feeling ever. And I said, I want to do that for other people. So cool. I want to write stories that take people out of this world into some fantasy adventure something. So it was it at that moment that you said, you know, I'm going to start writing books. I'm gonna, when I yeah. grow up, I'm going to be a writer. Yeah, I started typing on my typewriter. Really, oh, the old school ones, oh, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> tink, tink. Um, really bad Shel Silverstein copycat poetry. Yeah. And short stories about Jane and Michael and Mary Poppins going on adventures. Oh, and I love just it. Like fan fiction kind yes, of stuff. Yes, I invented fan fiction. I like to claim that. Oh, nice. <laughs> you can. Yeah, I am. And a lot of those stories I, I have still, and they're all written in crayon or typed. Oh, I was going to ask if you still have yeah, that. You do. Wow. I do, and I have some of them scanned into the Toilet Papers Junior, which is my kids' short story collection. Yes. So each section I have one crayoned or, you know, silly poem that I did when I was a kid and I put the grade on there so that they knew when I wrote That's it. That's really cool because that can just help inspire somebody. Which exactly. Oh, of course. Wow. So, do you remember what the first thing is that you wrote that made you feel like, hey, I'm actually a pretty good writer? 
Um, two things. I wrote a story. It was called The Mystery of Crea Crea Creek. And Ooh, it was, that's a mouthful. Know, it it sounds horrible. interesting, though. No, it does. <laughs> Crea and, Crea Creek. I know. Crea Crea. <laughs> um, it was about two girls that moved into a new house, and next door was an abandoned mansion. So they broke in the house and fell through the floor and had to go on a pirate treasure hunt to find their way out. I was watching a lot of a Goonies. A lot of Goonies. I was. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Pull it in there. Exactly. Um, but I cut the paper in half and stapled it together so I could turn pages. And it felt oh. like, I wrote a book. I'm you know? an author. Yes. So that happened. And then in fifth grade, um, my teacher, I did an extra credit that I requested. That was the kind of kid I was. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, my voyage with Columbus, and I was his first mate. That oh, was, there's that, was that the historical fiction kind of thing. Oh, Very yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, always. And um, she gave it back to me, and she wrote at the top, you should save this for publication. And I was like, wait a minute. You don't have to be, like, born into authorhood, like a prince <laughs> or a princess. Like, you can just publish. And I had no idea. And... Um, Two years ago, I had my first Barnes & Noble book signing, mm-hmm. and she came, Mrs. Parker. And <gasps> That's I hand- amazing. It was amazing. And I handed her a, a copy of that story that I had saved. So it was really wow. cool. Yeah, was- How wow. crazy is it that you oh my- saved all that stuff? Yeah. That was such a special gift to her, I bet. Because yeah. she probably remembers having that conversation with you. Teachers yeah. remember stuff like that, oh, sure. especially when it's... If they're telling you that, if it they're writing out. that on your paper... Yeah, it is standing out to them, making an impression on them that this person has is going to go somewhere. Yeah. You know, right. and the chance yeah. not only you know what are the chances that you actually started writing as you got older or continued writing? I guess I should say, what are the chances that you would save all of that stuff? I know what would many of us do for the stuff that we made when we were kids. Yeah, that's amazing. I know I clean stuff out too much, so <laughs> that's God. about all I saved. Just, just the, the right? stories, yeah, and those like those boyfriend notes where it was check this box. Yes or for, no? Yeah, yes. Yes. I have all of <laughs> those, like from the- from junior high, middle, and, and <laughs> that is amazing. Oh, you could use those as blackmail. Blackmail, right? Now, buddy, I'm telling you. What about those little? What are those paper popper things we used to make? Yeah, remember that? I was just thinking of that the other day, and I tried to actually start folding the paper to see, but I don't remember what we called them. I don't either. Remember those things where you, like had I your hand and you did this weird? And you thing, open it and you, you pick the color and you. Open Open it. Yeah, I, I, I gotta remember how to make oh. one of those again. It's well, just we're gonna nostalgic. bring it back. We're gonna bring hey, it back. All that stuff is coming back. Mm-hmm. You, you've seen the styles coming back. Yeah. It'll right? fit right in with it, the shredded a, jeans and the Metallica t-shirts that my daughter's wearing now. Basically, well, it's my stuff. Thing. Yeah. There's this mixture of '80s slash '90s, so it's like '80s bright colors, like the thick yes. shoes with. The 90s grunge era that have kind of blended together. It's relatable now. Yeah. I'm like, hey, that's not a new style. I'm I'm back in style again. It makes me feel good. I agree. It took a couple years. Nobody's looking at you like you're off your medication (laughs) when you walk around. Is that what you're saying? It's so funny because my teenagers, when they when they were just teenagers were teasing me about my clothes that they're all wearing those brands of now. of course so, exactly I love it, is, it it's so hilarious so i can i i think i can kind of tell where your inspiration comes from because that very first book that you read was such a uh in this deep world where you had to really imagine, but where do you draw that inspiration from now as an adult to write your books? Um, I kind of feel like, and I'm sure as a writer, you can attest, but there's, there's more ideas than there is time to write them. Yes. Um, I have a lot of dreams 
and dreams oh. inspire a lot of books. Um, oh, very cool. Or just weird things that I learn. Yeah. Um, I, I have an idea for a book too out of I just on TikTok of all places. I learned this oh. psychology <laughs> fact, which I don't know if it's a fact or not, but it was something along the lines of uh, when you can't sleep, it's because you're awake in someone else's dream. Oh, I love that. I Ooh. know. So it wow. just spawned the whole, I, w- I had no intention of doing a book two for my book, Metal Mouth, mm-hmm. but it it's it's on now. Book it's two on. is on and I'm like so excited. You're so, into it. You're like, oh, this is going. Mm. Yeah. So sometimes it's Very something cool. like that where you just get an idea. A yeah. lot of times it's a dream. Yeah. Um, or I'm inspired by something I see in somewhere else, like someone else's art, a minor character. And I yeah. think, what would a whole world of that look like? And very cool. Oh, how cool. Do you ever have like uh, instances in real life happen that yes. make you that? So I get that too. I do that too. Then you go, sometimes like if we're driving and we see something weird, I'll be, I'll, I'll invent a whole thing that happened to lead, uh-huh. lead up to that. Yes. So. Actually, the, the my mind work, of an author. I, I, I know. It it's, it's a crazy place. I always I tell live kids. With it. Yeah. Right. I do. But I always tell kids when I do school visits that, um, you know, most people, they pay a psychologist to, you know, get rid of the voices in their head. I go, y'all pay me to write down what the, the voices tell me. Head art. Yeah. yeah, I love that's it. That's cool. That's cool. It's funny that you mentioned the dream thing because I will have dreams sometimes and then I wake, I'll call him or when I wake up and I go, oh my God, you got to write this down. Because so I, this, so this I, is so, unreal. So, so, like, so I think I'm, I'm a lot like you, Jamie, as a, as a writer or an author, but sometimes I get feedback from her that I will run with in a place where she's like, you got all that from that. Uh-huh. So the same That's kind awesome. of thing. So it's like a, a source of... In, um, she's your muse. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. There you go. Try to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, hey buddy, this is the bestseller right here. I just know it. This weird dream that right. I had. God uh, knows what I ate last night. <laughs> Something. But I'm going to eat that again so that I can have another dream like that. Exactly. We can continue this saga that we got going on here. (laughs) So something else that always interests me is like the artwork around a book cover. Yeah, you've got some great covers too. Thank you. Because I always wonder, is that your idea? Do you let somebody else roll with it? Like, how does it come about that you choose the artwork for the cover? Yeah, do you give them some framework or do you just have them read it? Okay. No, it's a, a little of all of the above. Yeah. Right. Um, a lot of times, cause I know I'm the writer, so I don't want to tell the illustrator how to do their job. Right. Yeah. But in the same sense, I have an idea of the feeling I want the reader to have when they see the cover. Look at it. Because that's a great way to put it. We judge a book by a cover. We do. I don't care what you say. We do. do. It's Mm -hmm. so true. So I will go to uh, Barnes and Noble and I'll take pictures of books that I feel that same feeling I get when I read my book. Yeah. And I send those and I'll say, you know, I like the um, the ratio, the aspect ratio of this one. I like the color scheme of that one. I like the, you know, the, the shading on this one. And so then I'll tell them. A bunch of different yeah, things Yeah, and then I together. say, now go. And then whatever I get is always, it's the same designer. So he always gives me what I want. I have different illustrators. Yeah. But they've never... They just do exactly. I think I give them enough to be creative. Yeah. that And, and they need that, you know, because that is their art. Right. That, that's a great idea, though, taking pictures of other covers just for the vibe or yes. whatever. Yeah. The perspective, the vibe, yeah. the colors. That's amazing. I never thought of that. Well, and I do on my, um, on my Pinterest board for each book, I'll upload other covers that I think capture, you know, like even the font. Like, I like how this font looks 
against the photo. You know, like I like yeah. this and I'll, I'll send all that in at the end and see what comes back. Yeah, that would, we were struggling with one idea that Dan had had. It's, I think books. it's continued to be a struggle. For, yeah. And it's not really an illustrator's <laughs> fault as right. much as it is. I can draw, but not like your book covers or even mine. Yeah. But I, if you have a vision of exactly what you want it to look like in your head, sometimes it's it's really not fair for someone else because yeah. they can never pull off what, you're, what right. your brain is seeing. What yeah, right. Especially <laughs> if it's a very specific thing. Um, but I love the idea of giving a creator all this stuff to use as a resource while allowing them to be creative still and stay true to your story. Right. So yeah. that's awesome. I never thought of doing that. It's I'm stealing that. So far, please. The covers always interest me, you yeah. know, because you're right. When you're walking through the bookstore, you don't open up a book until you find something that your eye goes, ooh, what's that about? Right. Sometimes yeah. it, and sometimes when you open it up, it's nothing like what, the cover brought out but i want the cover to kind of be like what's on the inside right. yeah and it's uh, and everybody's it, different when it comes to that yeah and i think it was james patterson who does one of those master class things that you see but i watched like the the commercial for it and it said his belief is that you have to capture the reader within the first page preferably the first paragraph or even the first sentence which may be true, but they're never going to get to that if the cover that's right. turns them away. Right. So that's been a challenge. And mm -hmm. when you look at some of the really big authors like Stephen King or some of my favorites like Chuck Palahniuk, um, they don't have much of anything on their covers. I think right. by then, by the time it's all about your name, it's yeah. kind of irrelevant. Yeah. Like Stephen King's shopping list. You're like, oh, I'm in. Pre-order. <laughs> right. And all it says is the words on the front. Yeah, that's it. I'll so, take it. So I love the process that you go through to get the cover designed. Um, and I also find it interesting when I talk to authors what their actual writing and story mapping process is. What is your process for putting together a story? I mean, just generally mm -hmm. speaking. Um, I, I used to be a pantser, so I would just have a like a beginning and an end, and then I'd fill it in. Right. Which worked. That's how Clifton Chase was written. But that mm -hmm. I kind of cheated because it was based off of the Battle of Bosworth Field so I knew in the end that was what I had to get to. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and then in Dreadlands, I knew I wanted a big epic fantasy humans versus wolves battle scene. So cool. I kind of knew where I was going there. Right. But then after that, my friend, had he writes screenplays, his um, Keith Rommel, and he said he outlines everything because when you outline, then you have your screenplay written. And all you do is pull your dialogue out of your book to fill it in. So I was like, okay. So he said, you know, if you outline first, then you base it off of that. If you don't have an outline, like for my first two books, mm -hmm. you just read the book and then outline, summarize as you go. I said, okay. So I started Double doing work, kind of. Yeah, a little bit, but, but you're going to read it anyway. Yeah. So you might yeah, as well true. write down notes as yeah. you go. And so I did that with um, my work in progress now. You, you did the, which one, the second one where you just write it? I did the it? outline first. Oh, okay. For the first time. Yes. And then, like I said, before we started recording them, my grandmother mm -hmm. passed away mm -hmm. and I didn't write for a few months. And I, when I got back to the book, I had forgotten everything in the outline. So I was so grateful that I had, you had did those there. 15 pages of, you know, A to Z. So I had it to work with. So now I outline all because you just never know what life's going to bring. Yes. And I want to make yeah. sure that that story is retained. Yeah. I was going to say, especially when you have such, when you have that idea for a great story, but you may forget the specific elements that you wanted. In right. It. So not to be too 
too techy or technical here as an author, but when you say outline, are you writing like chapter two needs to be about this, chapter three needs to no, be? No, no. I um I tell the whole story from A to Z, and it's usually like 15, 16 pages. Like a very condensed form of the whole yeah. story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. The okay. whole story. That's interesting. So I take, you know what mind maps are? Yeah. So I, that's what I do for all of mine. I start with a central character, and then I just have it branch off to things that happen. Wow. And I... I don't know how to write without that because for me, yeah. and I'll show you a, a like a screenshot of, sure. of one of my novels, but it it looks It'd like take up this whole wall. It, if we but put it it's there. It, in the same way that you said you would forget. I when I get a chance to go write again, yeah. and I remember, oh, I'm on chapter ten. I I go okay, this event already happened, and now this event's about to happen. So to me, the writing process is the easy fun part. Right. The Making sure you don't write yourself into a corner or a di- right. that's mm-hmm. the hard part. So yeah. I, I, when I can really relate when you say the outline. I don't know how you did the other ones. And I have other friends that are authors that write to just right. with reckless abandon <laughs> yeah. and their books come out great. And I just I, I don't know how they do it. You know, it's. Uh, yeah. It, you know, I I was fine that way. Right. But the greats outline. And if I want to move to the next level, yeah. I need to do what they do. And even if I don't like outlining, like my friends write for Scholastic. They have to submit a full proposal of their fiction before they get it approved. They're at that level. It's a job. Yeah. Yeah. So if I want to play in that field, then I should start now. Yeah. You know, I should start. Make the changes. Get, get, make it a habit. Right. Right. Because it's not your habit yet. Right. So that's what I did. Learning and changing and progressing like we all have to do. Exactly. So when you say outline, the way you're doing it, the way you would have to submit to Scholastic, that is a much more complex thing than what Mm -hmm. I was saying I do. You're actually writing out what what happens in the book. Right. And And it doesn't stay the same. I mean, it it changes. Sure. And that's why you go back through and redo it because you want the a final outline to actually match the true story. Right. Of course. Yeah. But, but yeah, and it's worked for me very well and I've, I've enjoyed it and it, I was afraid it was going to make the story stale. Right. In the same mm. way that people don't find out what the sex is of their baby till they yeah. have it. Right. Cause they want to be surprised. And yeah. I'm like, well, I was surprised at month three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was surprised. Like, yeah. what do you mean you want to be surprised? I was, was surprised. surprised. I was still it's surprised. A, it's just different timing <laughs> right. when you're surprised. Because I had my thought in my head right. what right. it was, and exactly. it wasn't, so I was surprised. Well, exactly. along that same vein, when you say um, you're going to rewrite it, things are going to change. I think one of the things I learned in my first novel was when I finished writing it, I was like, I felt like I even put in my blog post, like me on a mountaintop with the sun behind me. <laughs> and then I put another picture for what happened when my editor sent it back. And it was Chris Farley with his hair sticking up from Tommy yes, Boy. Because yes. I was like, wait, what? I got to rewrite huh? the whole book again? Three times? What's yeah. going on? So, and I think it was Stephen King has a quote that's, and I'm going to get this wrong. It says something like, the first draft from every author is crap. I think he used more colorful language than <laughs> he that. He sure did. But... That couldn't be more true. Yeah. So it's a massaging process to get it just right. Yeah. Do you work on more than one project at a time or are you? Yes. Do you? I don't know how, I don't I know how you do it. I have four books going right now. Wow. Crazy. Same different stories mm-hmm. altogether? Yeah. Not a continuation or a series? No. What's going on in that mind of yours? There's oh, you so wanna, much. You well, compartmentalizing <laughs> that is, that, that would be tricky for me. Carp- you know, well, without, having to, without giving characteristics to a character from one book that's in another book, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's impressive. I don't. I don't well, I mean, I, I write uh, right now. I'm trying to write Dreadlands book two, but I have two or three competing ideas that keep that Metal Mouth two, and then there's another completely different one about clocks that's just 
amazing. <laughs> and I can't, I can't get that voice out of my head. Yeah. So I, I'm not currently writing anything because of that. So I have I'm an edits on one. I'm shopping another one. I'm selling another or marketing to sell another one. Right. And I just finished writing a nonfiction, um, write a book that doesn't suck. Mm-hmm. Yes. I just yep. finished the sequel to that. So that'll oh, be well. at least a year or two before I, you know, even edit it. But yeah. so I'm always, I get bored too easy. So I'm, I, and I think it's a good rule of thumb that you're in, you know, pre-production on one, writing one, editing one, hmm. shopping one, and marketing one at so all times. For wow. those of us that aren't in wow. the industry that are, that may be listening, what does shopping one mean? Um, I have a book. It's called um, The Pets of Elsewhere. Right. And it's a St. Augustine ghost story with animals haunting a kid for cool. help. And that's being shopped. So it, right now it's uh, being submitted to agents and publishers. Right. So it just got rejected by a publisher who held it for three months, and I was so hopeful. <laughs> and if you change your mind, I'm still here. <laughs> but it's also um, in an agent's hand who read the first seven chapters and said, I love this. Send me the first 50 pages. So it's the holidays. So obviously, I'm not doing anything. But yeah, that's what shopping means. I'm trying to get representation. For a publisher, right? Right. Awesome. Wow, that's very exciting. So I have a question because, I mean, I'm in this world with him because I help out, but is it always going to be the same publisher you go with or you're just with each book, you're Mm -mm. you're trying to submit it to just anybody to see who wants it? Yeah, I mean, for me, the goal is to have an agent. And so every book I submit. Mm-hmm. Every book I submit because I'd rather try and then self-publish. Not that there's anything wrong with self-publishing. Sure. It's just a ton of work. It's a Marketing, lot of work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And you still have to market, but it's just different. Yeah. Like for marketing for me, I just want to be responsible for bookings and speaking yeah. and writing. Mm-hmm. When you're self-published, you have to be responsible for those things plus formatting and making sure the ISBN's bought and filling in the copyright and uploading to Ingram and up, yes. you know what I mean? So there's just so much other stuff. You're in charge yeah. of everything. Yeah. And I, I don't, I'll market just as hard, but I want to focus on visits, speaking. And the creative part. Sure. Writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And an agent frees you up to be able to do that. Yes. Yeah. Because they can get your books in front of the publishers. Correct. Have connections, things like that. And I, and I, I think it also kind of depends in answer to that question because you might have a publisher that picks up a book that loves your book that says, I want the rest of your books. And then, right. then you're, that's it. That's, that's your publisher. what the dream is, right? Like, possibly. I mean, yeah. You want, you want a couple de- anyway. Depending yeah. on the deal. Yeah. yeah Cause you want to see if they're going to do what they say they're going to do. Yes. That's yeah. true. It's, you know, I, I have the new publisher. Yes. And I told her, you know, if, if you do good with this book, then you get my whole backlist. Because yeah. I said, right, because I have a lot of friends that they sign with a publisher, indie, and they're so excited, they give them everything. And then it was like they were dating. And then, you know what happens sometimes the after re- a couple the rep- months. The representative is gone. Yeah. yeah. Now, now it's the real person underneath. Right. Yeah. And now you're okay. like, well, now they have, I just married this person yep. and I'm stuck with them. Yep. Yeah. So that's what I told we had her. A, we had a friend okay. who went through that. And I remember looking at all the stuff the publisher was doing for her. And I'm like, look, I'm relatively new at this side of it. And I'm doing all this stuff for myself. And it's right. really easy. So I think sometimes there's a misconception that, yeah. you know, we're going to put this online for you and they put it on Amazon or something. You're like, I could have done that in five minutes. Mm -hmm. So I get what you're saying there. So the, um, 
The publisher you're with now is Intense Publishing, and that they picked up Clifton Chase and the Arrow of Light, right? Your first book. Yes, my first book. And that first book has a very important anti-bullying message. Yes. Can you just tell us a little bit about that, how it came about? Like, why did you want to write this book? Um, I wrote the book because I, like I said, I was writing as a kid and then I had a kid mm-hmm. and then I wasn't writing and I missed it. I felt like a part of me was gone. That's oh, That's a good way to yeah. put it. Yeah. It was, it was hard. And then, um, my kid was being bullied in school and we did everything the right way. It didn't work out. So we homeschooled mm-hmm. and we started doing archery club here in Brevard County at Wickham Park. Cool. And one day we were driving in. And there's these long rows with, um, what are those things called? The bullseyes oh, lined yes, up? Th- those yeah. things. It's not a bullseye. The target? Yes, the target. A target. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. With targets at the end. Right. And I had this imagination of a dwarf kind of jumping from hedge to hedge, stalking us because we had a magic arrow in our possession for some reason. So I went Imagination, home. Imagination, baby. Oh, it was, yeah, <laughs> that was it. That's awesome. Yeah. So I, I went home and I was like, okay, if it's a dwarf, it must be medieval, right? I mean, and it's a fantasy. Like, that's mm-hmm. done. Right. And I did some research and I learned, for whatever reason, about King Richard's nephews being locked in the Tower of London. And I just felt really bad for these boys that their their throne was taking from them and they were killed. And I wanted mm-hmm. to retell their story, but change it. and you Make know, it a more happy story. Yeah, sure. redeem them. Yeah. So, th- so I wrote the book, mm-hmm. and um, it got picked up by a publisher, and then three weeks before launch, um, she fell off the face of the earth. And I, okay. Yeah. I called her, and she's like, I can't talk for a month, and hung up on me. And I had like 50 mommy bloggers that were oh, expecting book wow. reviews and giveaway books that they'd been running contests for, all that I'd put oh, together. Oh, yeah. scary. So I had to figure <laughs> out how to self-publish in three weeks and get my rights back and get my cover back. And so okay. I did. And then, um, and then I was angry for a year because I was a self-published author, and I had such a stigma <laughs> against it because right. yeah. every book I'd ever read by a self-pub, great story, not enough editing. Yeah, and and it was like they just they didn't finish the process. Yeah, mm-hmm. and now I was one of them. Like right. that's how I felt. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. So, um, like a year later, I I was driving home from St. Augustine, and I was like, God, why did you make me write this stupid book? You know, I was so mad, <laughs> and I just felt this like idea of anti bullying. My son was bullied, which is why I wrote the book. Mm-hmm. The two princes were locked in the Tower of London, and obviously that's family bullying to of the course. extreme. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Clifton was dealing with the middle school bully because middle school bullies, it just it just goes hand in hand. It, it changes from elementary to middle school. Of course, yeah. of course. So I I revamped all my packaging and all my, you know, branding that Christmas. I guess it was Christmas of 2014, I think. Right. And so 2015, I started submitting to schools this presentation, and I just started getting visit after visit. And I would go in and talk to these kids about the power of words Mm -hmm. in life and literature. And I used the idea that authors build these worlds with their words that are so real, you feel like you're there. Right. So if that's the case, then can't we destroy people with our words? Oh, that's a good tie-in. Just as easily. Yeah. That's a really great tie-in. Was it well-received? I'm assuming it was. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been very well-received. And then uh, one story, years later, my oldest son, who's now graduated, um, some boy, he told him in middle school when I visited Dolora, which is where the story takes place, mm-hmm. um, he had said that he was going to kill himself that day when he got home from school. Like that was, he was oh. done. And I happened to be teaching that day. 
And wow. he told my son this in high school <laughs> that your mom's oh, presentation wow. made him know, rethink. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Well, that's got to just a story like that's got to drive you to want to do oh my it gosh. anyway. That, yeah. Well, that just makes you want to crawl under a rock and be like, I'm not worthy. Uh, I'm yeah. not worthy. Oh, wow. But do you, you know were, what I mean? Because you, you changed his life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that is crazy. Oh, yeah. my gosh. When you hear stories like that, it's like. It would make you want to go everywhere and yeah. have those kind yeah. of speeches. I would love to go everywhere and have those kind of speeches because yeah. there's kids like that in every school. Yeah. yeah. And every time I hear of a kid with a gun in a school, I feel like. And should have that been was that a school. school I wasn't at, and that's why it happened. Like I yeah. should have been there. Oh. Wow. So intense publication or intense publishing. Not no, public- you're right. Publications. It's publications, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, so they have uh, a passion for anti-bullying too. Yeah. And this is probably why they picked your book up, correct? Yes. Yeah. They're they're a group of um, of educators and librarians that just wanted to open up a publishing house to get books into kids' hands that were, you know, positive and yeah. fun. And I read their bio and I submitted book one in the series and then book two, which I've never published. Um, I was going to ask that. Is this was it always meant to be a series? Yes. Okay. Uh, Ironically, it was going to be a homeschool series. He was going to be homeschooled. And then someone at a writing group told me you're not going to be able to sell that because it's homeschool. So I changed it, which I'm okay with the change, but I just wonder, you know, yeah. you always wonder if yeah. that was my original uh-huh. story. Sure. Um, and I wanted to do like, you know, him going to outer space and and meeting um, like John Young and, you know, oh, go, cool. going all over and just teaching kids history through a fantasy adventure. That was the whole heart and of the story. And they will learn history yes. that way. We, we've talked about that. Like, yes. When yeah. it's put in a setting like that, it's, you it's learn fun. it. It sticks in your head yeah. forever. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like learning the ABC song because it's... Right. A song. Exactly. Uh, because otherwise, I think, this is, I'm going to put a pun in here on accident, but historically, <laughs> history has been, I think, boring to a lot of kids right. because it's not told like a story. It's told like um, facts. Yeah. Memorize and, this date. Yes. Memorize this event. And if you think about any story that you enjoy, mm-hmm. whether it's true or not, if it was told to you in a way that, okay, on this day, Harry Potter did that, and then on that day, he right. got his wand, it's boring. Right. Uh-huh. But if it's a story... It's super interesting. So That's I right. think there's something to that. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. Are, are teachers utilizing this book in class? And yeah. if so, how are they doing that? They are. And I also had a teacher guide created. So it's um, fourth, fifth, and sixth, Florida Standard Aligned, and it goes in five chapter increments. So they can use the book okay. one as a teaching guide, and it's got everything, you know, math, science, everything in, in the story. So how, oh, do wow. you, how do you go about doing that? Is that something you put together? Did you get help from the school system? Um, I like- hired two um, gifted teachers. I think, I think they're called gifted anymore, but two gifted teachers. That's what we call them. Oh, Thank I you. thought that it was still called I that. don't know. It's yeah. like dice. They're called random number generators. <laughs> yeah, it, it so changes, I just don't know. It changes. Titles change. Yes. <laughs> so um, they've, they've been in Brevard County for 30 years. They're both retiring. So they took the book and they created this for me. And of course I paid them and we got to try it out in the classroom over the year and a half that they were building it so oh, how thrilling that oh, must it was have been. so much fun yeah and to tweak it too, yes to, to where it really works well yes it oh, was that great. is awesome it is and i'm sure teachers appreciate that because of the message that right it's sending as right well. <laughs> and then and then for the little kids i made a coloring book which is the same story but it's condensed and they can color as a read aloud so that way it's k through sixth grade you know oh, wow. appropriate for everything and then so Intense bought that product and then they bought book two and book two coloring book, 
which is Clifton Chase on Castle Rock, where he goes back to help Robin Hood. Because I love Robin Hood. Very cool. You've taken this first book and done a lot with it. Yeah. The the universe is expanding. I love that. Um, and so I, I have a question about that. The, so you, you shopped this to the publisher and they picked it up. That's as simple as that. That's how yes. it works. And I, I negotiated my own contract. I had reached out to an agent, but it was too fast for her to feel comfortable negotiating it. Right. And I reached out to her cause I had seen that she negotiated a deal with this publisher in the past. So I just reached out to her and said, Hey, saw you did this. Would you like to make some money? Here's my book. And it just didn't work out timing wise. So I did it myself. Oh, wow. Wow. That's a trial by fire, I bet. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, you just have to understand the words. You have to just research. Yeah. And that's it. Does that make you feel like now? Because you said you're you're shopping. You've been shopping for agents and stuff. Does that make you feel like now for any other publishers or any other opportunities like that, you don't need an agent necessarily? Um, No, because she and she'll agree with me she's a small time publisher right we're really partnering as opposed to her being my publisher oh, like, okay i i've been doing this longer than her so i'm helping her teaching her like i teach everybody else and then she's cool. able to come in and give me opportunities to put my book back in the running as a new book so we can resubmit it to journals and magazines as a pre-published book Oh, something okay. I never got to do originally. Yeah. Right. So it's really mutually beneficial because cool. I'm helping to teach her for her other authors so she can build her business and I can be a part of that, you know, with her. Sure. And then also I get that fresh start with my first book. You get to go yeah. back and do it the way yeah. you wanted to do the it. The right anyway. way. With all the marketing knowledge I have yeah. now, I get to start over, which is pretty right. cool. Very, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. That's probably not common either, I no. would think. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's great. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's some stories out there, but yeah, not as common as you would think. Right. Yeah. So give us an example maybe of the things that are filling up your calendar because it sounds like you're very busy. So you're doing events, you're doing appearances, you got an eye twitch when I, I said eye that. Twitch, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, you know, it, it's really been fun, but I've found a niche with um Barnes and Noble right. and schools. So I've that's a, a lot. that's a couple of good niches, though. It's yeah, great. I think so. <laughs> it's great because then I'm not the I'm not the bookseller anymore. I'm just the author and the uh, booking agent, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I don't mind. Um, so I, I get to go to a lot of different schools in different counties and then represent them for their book fairs. And Barnes and Noble helps to get the authors and the book fair connected. Oh, I and, didn't know they did oh, that. Yeah. Book fairs. Yeah. For the schools. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Like, like Scholastic, but, yeah. but Barnes & Noble. So then I'll reach out to the schools separately and request an author visit. So sometimes they'll be able to accommodate um, and then pay for it. Sometimes they can just accommodate and then get the kids excited to meet me and my books because they don't know me. Right. So there yeah. might be five or six authors at the book fair but I went to their school, so and they know me, and they want to come meet me. Yeah. And then, the, you know, they meet everybody, of course. Sure. But yeah. it's There's just like another yeah, that, yeah, it's just another opportunity to get in front of them and, and introduce yourself. Because I'm sure you can attest, you show up, they don't buy anything because they don't know you. Right. They meet you, and now they want to buy everything, but they don't have any money. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, how do you circumvent yeah. that system? Right. So It's like a pre-meeting. The thing yes. Is the, the, 
So when you go yes. to the schools, when you're set up for that event at the school, tell me what that looks like. Do you go to one classroom? Do you go to the library? How does it, it look? It always depends. Um, most of the time we meet in the media center and they go through the whole school and they just come in at different oh, times. Okay. Okay. Um, but I'll do one class, I'll do a half day or I'll do a full day. So there's different options. Okay. Is it usually um, elementary, middle school? Is, is that all. You go to all? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. K through 12. Awesome. Yeah, because well, that, those books appeal to all different. Right, I mean, and I have some start, older oh, books, yeah. so yeah. Wide range. Um, so I've also noticed on your social media that you're making the rounds at the Barnes & Noble, so you've gone to several different Barnes & Nobles now. Yeah. How many have you been to now? I don't even know, but probably like like 12 or 15 or something. Wow. wow. Yeah, and I just um, set up um, the, the, what is it, St. Augustine the guy who does St. Augustine, um, he is in charge of Jacksonville, two stores, St. Augustine and Daytona. Um, his name is Steve Toole, in case you're curious. Yes, yes. he's, he's curious. wonderful. <laughs> um, and so I, I had booked a five-school visit for Literacy Week in Palm Coast. And mm-hmm. St. Augustine is their closest store. So I reached out to the St. Augustine, say, hey, do you guys do book fairs? I'd like for you to provide my books. I'll usually sell 20 to 50 books per school visit. So I'd love for you guys to, you know, we can all work together and benefit. Oh, I like that you have those numbers that you can offer. Yeah. Yeah. That's an important thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, oh, we don't do that. And, you know, long story short, they they got me connected with Steve because he kind of oversees all of them. And he's in this. I get this a lot. Well, we've never done anything like this before, but like I, I'm yeah. like the trailblazer of that I phrase. Yeah. And so we're going to do the first um, on-site bookstore, like Scholastic brings the books to the school. They're going to bring just my books to the school the week before my visit to get the kids you excited, know, excited to yeah. meet you and start reading. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's like awesome. that pre-meeting thing again, yeah. kind of. Wow. Yeah. So it's and then they'll, it. they'll be there the week of my visit, and then I'll get to talk to them about Clifton Chase and Dreadlands, and and yeah. then see what we'll see how it works. And yeah. if it works, I'm sure he'll bring me back because that's great. Yeah. And so. I think this is perfect for you because you said you get bored really easy. Yep. So you get to go to different areas, sure do different do. things, get some more character <laughs> ideas in the brain. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. perfect. It seems it. And also just as a fellow author, when I saw that you'd first time you posted that your books were in Barnes & Noble and set up at a table, that had to be a huge thrill. It was awesome. It was the one of the three on the bullet. You know, yeah, done. Of course, the next one is the New York Times bestseller list, which it's just yes. I'm, it's not, I'm knocking. You it's hear around it? the corner. It's around yeah. the corner. And then That's the third it. one is the the big screen to yeah. see your your story on a Put big into screen. A movie. Of course, oh, yes. I tell him that about his. I just read his first book again, and I said, "It's a visual be a movie. This yeah, can be a movie." Yeah. I am telling you, I'm in, I'm visioning it. I'm like, "Ooh, and this person would play this person really <laughs> right? good." Yeah. It's got to be He's her. Picking out the <laughs> yes. Answers. Yeah. yes, I love that. <laughs> Do you find time to read anymore? Or Yes. I, I don't write at night. Like yeah. in bed, yeah, so I, I read. Oh, do you? So you reserve I'll, earlier in the day for writing, later in the day for reading. Yeah, I normally, um, like I have to be at work at 8.30, so I wake up at 5.30, so that gives me time to walk my dog, make my lunch, get ready for work, and then I have like an hour to either edit or write. Every day? Every day. Oh, that's, Five days a week, yeah. That's the way this it has to be done. This seems to be the, well, the pattern. I'll you tell have you to why. put it in every day. Because I was a night writer. Not Knight Rider. Uh-huh. <laughs> I to put a sound in a kick. <laughs> but um, my days change every day. And it was like I had great plans and never mm-hmm. it happened. Yeah. Yeah. My mornings are always the same unless somebody's sick. 
Yeah. So you, there's always an opening you have. Always. It's always the same. You know, you wake up at the same time, you get your coffee, yeah. you get your breakfast, right. you have to leave the house at a certain time. It's always the same. So I just woke up a little earlier. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I, and I'm guilty of reserving writing time for weekends, which takes five years to write a book when you do right. that. But <laughs> yes. I do like getting up super early on the weekends and like going to Starbucks for yeah. like three hours before anyone else in my family's awake That's awesome. and needs yeah. me or anything. Yeah. And then, you know, when I get a text, I know it's time to go home. Right. So yeah. it's relatable. Well, you got to find what, what works for you. Yeah. And yeah. you have to find that quiet time that is the same. Yeah. That, I think I think I have to get in a pattern of doing it at home. But so if a, as an adult, what would you recommend as a starting point for reading your books? Um, honestly, I would recommend the toilet papers. Really? Because it's a short story collection and they're adult stories. Yep. But I do have an excerpt of Clifton Chase, Dreadlands, and The Dredge in there so you can read a chapter. And see if it'd be and something you're your interested in. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a great idea. So is it like at the end? No, it, they go, they get longer as you go. So it's 50 cool. words to 5,000 plus words. That's the concept of the book. Yes. So you Depending can read, on what's yes. going on in the bathroom. Depending on your potty needs. So Yes. And I'll use my squatty potty as I'm reading it. Well, oh, we got to get that. That's a great concept. <laughs> this, just just the concept of it's great. And the squatty potty did endorse the book. So, yes, you know, that you is amazing. Yeah. Yes. And I think that is a great book to have in your bathroom for when guests come over, like in the guest bathroom. It's funny just, to see. You need right over the toilet paper thing. You've got to have a little shelf that has the book. I'm telling so you. So does it have enough? <laughs> yes. So I, I know it was a deep dive into this one, but I'm just curious. Does it have like segments that where you could kind of read the whole thing yes oh that's great <laughs> there's um there's number one number let's two in, let's get deep here and then far from pooping it's german oh nice those are the three sections so they go from like up to a thousand words or whatever i don't remember where the breaks are i could see this resulting in someone just being in the bathroom for a long a little time bit. where you're yeah. like Come what's on going out on in there right okay are you okay are you sick what's you need to go to the hospital. Oh, whatever. I love it. <laughs> what a great idea. So your kids are a little older now, right? But how did you um, encourage your own kids to have a love for reading and even writing, possibly? Very poorly. <laughs> you did, huh? I tried. At least you're honest. They oh, both really? they both do terrible in English, and I feel very like a fake. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> they oh they don't gosh. like to read and uh, you know that's to, their choice though to each man. their own that's right <laughs> look I can't say anything because I know. I, I, my daughter does great in English but she hates to read books and so yeah, does my son so neither funny. one of my kids you think yeah. it's a generational thing for a lot of kids now that yes. would be bad news for yes us, wouldn't no. it? Yes and no. I mean, there's so many kids that love to read. Yes. But there is so much more competition for time. And attention. And attention. Yeah. yeah. And it's faster. So I have boys. Boys like nonfiction. Yes. And I don't write nonfiction unless it's how to write a book, which they don't obviously care about. I love fiction. So I wonder if it's Across just... the board, though, boys mostly prefer to read nonfiction. I did not know that. Yeah. They like the books about, you know how cars are made or the story of, you know, whoever. And they like those things better. That that makes sense why every book signing or private book event I've gone to has been 100% women. I thought maybe it was the story was appealing, but I guess it's the genre. It could be a little of both. And and I think boys and girls, you know, they they change as they get older. But, you know, from, from K through sixth grade, boys and girls learn exactly the same. Yep. From sixth grade up, boys just completely go in a different direction with their learning, and that's when boys start to develop, 
you know, problems in school and, yeah. Yeah. you know, mischief. There's some hormones in there, I'm sure. sure. But well, that's, we've talked about this before. Their, their brain is, um, fo- certain chemicals are focused on other things in Correct. Life. Yeah. So that's, re- it's not their fault. Right. Like they're. Their body's doing it to them. Right, you right. Know, it's 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 just all the chemicals. Right, and so, reading doesn't necessarily it's not important. <laughs> and I'll tell you, in in my opinion, the other problem is that they're forced to read, yeah. and yeah. it takes the fun away. Of course, and I I hate that. I mean, I love that they make them read, but in the same sense, like I'll meet a kid and they'll go, "Is your book an AR?" And I'm like, "No, I've tried. No," and then they move on. What's AR? The accelerated reader, because they get points. Yeah. And, Oh, they're looking for the points. Yeah, and I get it. Yeah. But but it's like everything else in the school system right now that it's so strategically yeah. worked out that there's not a lot of freedom. Free- yeah. So it makes it difficult for us to, you know, connect with them on that yeah. personal sure. level. So yeah. that makes sense. I think that might have a little to do with it. Not necessarily the culture, but the the Just- forcing yeah just the fact that i need this to count towards yes. something if i'm going to take my time to read it yes it needs to give me some kind of extra credit or right whatever yeah, yeah. It is. get something out of it besides entertainment and where i guess maybe this is where maybe i was a little different but i will never forget the first book i ever discovered in my life was in the sixth grade it was the hobbit i bought it for nice. the cover and i was mm-hmm. a chronic book nerd throughout all of my life and none of my friends were and maybe there's something to that yeah. you know Oh, you've, so, you've got yeah. the bug, so yeah. yeah. That's interesting, though. I didn't know that about the difference between boys the and learning. girls as it relates to the. Those are good things yeah. to know as yeah. you're a writer, though, especially for you know that that age group. You know, and then the other thing, like J.K. Rowling. Yep. You know that it's because boys don't read girl books. Girls read boy books. Boys don't read books written by girls. Yeah. You know, and Jamie works huh. because it's a. Is that why? I'm not sure. Oh, Jamie. Not yeah, I have an uncle Jamie. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. So oh, I didn't know. Is that there, why see? she did J.K. Rowling? Yes. I didn't know that. Look yes. at that. This is interesting really fun is. facts. I'm telling you. And, I, and honestly, <laughs> I'm here for it. And I am, am kind of mesmerized by her story. I love stories of struggle than success yes. from anyone. But I also find it, you know, I asked you what your style is for writing. I find it interesting to read about other authors and what their style is and right. like, if you look at the way she outlined her books, it looks like someone drew an Excel spreadsheet. Yes. I mean, it's like a total it's mess. And it's amazing that and she... she knew the whole I know. Arc. Isn't it crazy? I don't even know my whole day. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she knew the whole What arc. was in her brain. I love I'm it. like, and it's was she, amazing. She uh-huh. went and read books in a, in a library or bookstore just to kind of get an idea of how it should the writing process should look. It's just yeah. so in- interesting. Yeah, I yeah. love that kind She's of stuff. She's amazing. But it's always great when somebody has that struggle. I feel like it's so much more appreciated when they... Yeah. When it when it happens. Right. You Indeed. know? Yeah, it I ha- agree. That struggle makes it worth it, kind Always. of. Always. Almost. Yeah, and she's also big into helping people now, too, and probably mm-hmm. because she was in that mode where she struggled for a right. while. She for didn't sure. have the help. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of which, you do help others with free books for specific events that you do. You donate your time and information on how to progress your career as a writer and stuff like that. You've also recently put together some business and marketing how-tos that tell people how to market their own passion. Can you give us some details around that? Sure. Um, I love just sharing what I know, and I get asked a lot on my um, Facebook Messenger and, mm-hmm. and emails of, you know, what do I do? I wrote a book. What do I do? What do I don't have to do now? I think I've asked you five <laughs> questions before we started recording, right, right. too. Right? Yeah, and marketing and, yeah. and book book yeah. branding and things, and it's just something that comes naturally to me. Um, 
segue, but when I was like seven or eight years old, I colored pictures in a coloring book and tore them out and went around my neighborhood and made like 40 bucks selling them. Sweet it's just, girl. Oh, wow. I've always, <laughs> always been an entrepreneur, always been a salesman. So it's like that kid that knew he wanted to be like an engineer, a fireman yes. or something when he was 10. Yeah. Yes, wow. That was me. That's great. Selling. Um, so I have a bunch of videos on my YouTube channel, which is just Jamie Ingle, two eyes, J-A-I-M-I-E Ingle. And, um, I think like 20, one is a series, eight part series on how to get an agent, why you want an agent, what does an agent do? Oh, that's great. And then I made one video cause I got that question so many times. So the video is basically, you wrote a book, you can either self publish it, you can submit it to an agent or you can submit it to a, you know, a small yeah. press. Right. Um, so I'm going to continue in 2020 to build more of those really specific short um, how to do a press release, how to do a sell sheet, how to get into Barnes and Noble, how to prepare your book for Ingram, just all of that. Right. Yeah. Cause and, some of those words are so foreign. Whenever you first right. start, you're like, sell shit. What? Right. What do I need that for? And, right. And I right. can tell you that having gone through the process, I'm on my third novel now and I have struggled with how to do all that. And even working with my editor, it's like people have different answers. So I think there's huge right. value in that. Yeah. And, and like we talked about before, people don't understand the analytics of, Amazon. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you have a paperback, a hardcover, an ebook, and an audiobook, if you release one every month, that's four months that you're in the top 30 new release on Amazon. Most people release everything in the same day. So they get a shot at it mm -hmm. one time. One time. Yeah. Why? Why Why not spread it out? Sure. That's and they right. have a 60 day analytics too. So if you're a slower writer, you have a day job, like <clears throat> some people in this room, right. <laughs> you can do the 60 day. So you release it every other month. And then six months out of the year, you're in. Some analytics that Amazon's promoting your book on your behalf for free. Oh, wow. You know? Little wow. tricks like that. Little tricks. Wow. That's that's, that's it. really great. So I'm going to focus on, on making more of those because I get so many questions and I'm so busy. I don't have the time to answer each person. Individually. Yeah. And do that one on one, you know, yeah. coaching that I'd love to be able to do. So if I can make these videos and just have those available, then at least I can, I know I can send yeah. people somewhere. Yeah. Yes. Indeed. And you're going to have a, a Patreon, a Patreon that people can yeah, sign up for. I have a Patreon and I'm, I'm just going to be revamping that. So, um, for example, the sell sheet, mm -hmm. I'll do the, the sell sheet video and then they can go to Patreon and, and download that sell sheet by supporting the Patreon. And you know, they're, Pretty cool. Pay a dollar, pay five bucks. I don't know. Pay pay whatever you want. And then you can download the product. So that way they at least I can help them and then they can help me and we can build together. Very yeah, cool. that's nice. Very nice. So I will put links in the show notes for all that stuff awesome. too. How to get to your Patreon, your YouTube, your social media, your website. Perfect. All yeah. your stuff. So you do, uh, so we, we intro introed you in the beginning and you're a screenwriter because you've started doing that outlining now to where you can do that, right? Yeah, I have my first script finished. And, awesome. And, and it's in, is this going to go public? It's currently in the hands of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So fingers crossed. We that, love that's him. a whole nother podcast of how that happened. But yeah. we'll save that oh, for okay. when, awesome. when he gives the yes or the no. So do you want me to cl we'll clip it. this out? No, no, no. You can leave it. But oh. whether he gives the yes, yes or the no, then we'll go through that whole process of how it came to be. Whether, oh, whether it's awesome. a yes yeah. or a no. We love him so yeah, much. We, we follow him. Such a good and, guy. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah. He is amazing. Yeah. And, um, and you do some cosplay as yeah. well. And what I love is that you bring your characters to life through your cosplay. So yeah. can you tell us a little bit about that and yeah. what you do with that sure. on the side? 
I, I just love, I mean, as a writer, I play make believe it with words. So uh-huh. now I do it with costumes and it's fun cool. to go to the comic cons and just interact with people. And I thought, why not cosplay my own character? Oh my gosh. Amazing. So one of my characters, Scalvia from Dreadland, she's a Viking werewolf. So I, I cosplay as her. Uh, my favorite cosplay though is Marty McFly Jr., that's my favorite. So cool. I have the, the hoverboard <laughs> yes. and the, you know, everything. And then Joyce from Stranger Things uh-huh. and um, Eleven from Stranger Things. I like cosplaying them Very as well. Cool. Very nice. I have seen your Marty McFly cosplay and it's amazing. <laughs> yes. It's so fun. So you want to know what's so funny is Dan and I love Halloween. Mm, I, I saw some pictures. Oh, yes. So we make our costumes every year and people always ask us, are you guys into cosplay? And I'm like, no, but we should be. You yeah. totally should. This would be Halloween all year. Yeah. Yeah. And Halloween's my favorite holiday. Yeah. Yes. Christmas is probably your favorite. We dressed holiday. up for Christmas this year too. Though. We did though, yeah. as um, Clark and Ellen Griswold. Griswold. Yes. So I love it. We're we're taking the holiday tradi- or the Halloween tradition and plugging it into all the the other major yes, holidays. It's so much fun. You guys it totally is. should. Yeah. I, and and I even talked to Dan the other day. I said I was coming up because I try to come up with ideas to help him as an author, you know, got to be his, you know, I'm his support system, I hope. Incredibly so, yes. And um, I thought, how cool would it be to do like a photo shoot of your characters? Not that he would be dressed up as the characters, but somebody else. And that's kind of what you're doing for your book. Right. So do do you take those pictures that you do of your characters? Do you use those for marketing of the book? Um, I was, I mean, they're my headshots in the back of the book now and the characters oh cool yeah and and like a couple of them um and then i um i was doing those as my cosplay um for my patreon i have a support level where they get an eight by ten signed but i just feel stupid doing that (laughs) why (laughs) because it's like well there's nothing all i do is take pictures and send them i feel like anybody could do that so i would love to be able to have like a story to go with the picture or a scene from the movie that I can, you know, clip out. But I just don't have time to do everything I want to yeah. do. Right, right. Really that make would it be worth, cool. Yeah. yeah. So to make it a little more valuable. Yeah, you feel like, that's oh, it. I see what you're I saying. Get it. Okay. I just yeah. feel like it's like I go to Walgreens, I get a picture, and I pop it in. You know? Well, you, you do what you get, can. What you have time for? You want to give them a little more. I, I would. I see. You want to tell like a story to. about that character or something? I, yeah. I see what you're doing. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. So so it's very fun and it's been very rewarding and I I like. You know, doing the photo shoots is super fun. Yeah. And, um, you know, I have other characters in other books that I will be cosplaying. They're just not out yet. Yeah. You know, and just like that's one of my reasons to get it published. <laughs> right. Um, but it's it's been really cool. The, the comic convention scene has really opened a lot of doors for new um, new readers yeah. and, and new people that you know, I found a new illustrator. I'm working on my first comic because of it. So oh, cool. Yeah. So it's been really rewarding to even go that route. And I never would have thought that yeah, was you're something. going into different creative directions just by right. meeting different people. I yeah. love that. Cool. It's a, now it's a graphic novel, right? Uh, yes. Yes. It's different now. It's I, and I can, can I tell you as a nerdy comic book collector way past the age that I want to admit, I love that the culture of comics and all, you know, in, in my city in my generation that was incredibly nerdy yes. and it, the kids have no idea how awesome it is that that's like yeah. a mainstream cool thing now and you don't have to like hide the fact that you read comic yeah. books or right. anything like that you could so. get beat up for reading the hobbit uh, in my fifth grade class. oh yes yeah. uh, and this was the sixth grade for me well but. jamie this has been wonderful i think you answered a lot of questions that a lot of authors listening may have i hope so I yes just in this short amount of time but where can they find you where's the best place to find more information 
Um, my website is therightangle.com. The right, like, like writing. Yes. 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 That's a and pretty clever name. I thank like you. it. <laughs> and all of my social is at the right angle. I just try to keep it very simple. Yeah. Patreon.com forward slash the right angle. The only one I haven't claimed yet is my YouTube. They're very tricky. Yeah. They are tricky. They are yeah. tricky. We've got a few YouTube channels, both for uh-huh. fun and business. And yeah. it's, it is tricky to They're get your tricky. customized. And my new fave is TikTok. You know, I, I have purposely not used TikTok. it because I, I follow uh, the Cult of Mac on mm-hmm. uh, podcast. And Airfon, who runs it, said that ever since he started watching it, he wastes two hours a night trying to go to bed. <laughs> At least. So I'm afraid to install it on my phone. <laughs> yeah. Dan, I laugh every day That's for what at he least says. an hour and a half. But yes. laughter is a good exercise. It, it is sounds so, so much addictive, fun. Though. He is. says you just keep scrolling you through do. them because they're endless. They're endless. little tiny videos like Vine, but they're 15 endless. 15 to 45 seconds of pure pleasure. Is this the one where they're like, um, see, I'm totally out of the loop. Is TikTok the one where they're singing to it can each other? Be. They're doing... Those are they duets. Can, they can be. Okay. Yes. Really? They're just so much all fun. Sorts of, okay. So now we have to look at it, but we have to limit our time to like 15 minutes. Okay. Yes, good luck with good that. Luck you with just that. put the timer on and Mm-mm. you have to. It's You're going to die. Okay, it's it's it. so much fun. And I have a channel and um, it's I love going into the classrooms. And then at the end of my presentation, I have all my social stuff. And uh-huh. I, you know, I'm talking and I hear kids go, wait. Wait, you're on TikTok? And like, they think that's the coolest. Oh, yes, <laughs> it's the new Instagram. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. It's so well, fun. So we'll definitely put a link to that yeah, as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thanks for sitting with us, Jamie. This of was course. great. Yes. And, and it was I, wonderful. I think, uh, like Angie said, a lot of good information. And we're interested in kind of keeping track of you. And uh, we wish you great success with this. And I'd love to see you on that New York Times list. Yeah, thank you. Sure. And I, I wish you guys both luck as well. Thank and you. Merry well, thank Christmas. You. We're ready for the movie already. Yeah. Whichever yes. one it may. All of them. All of them. All yes. of them. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with the Information Station. Hi, this is Bill Files, the upcoming audiobook narrator of Daniel Fox's awesome thriller, In the Dark. And you're listening to It's All Fine and Dangy. Hey guys, welcome back to the Information Station. I hope everybody enjoyed that interview as much as we did. Uh, Just some great information that Jamie offered for people who are either up and coming authors or just wanting to learn more and just so excited about the success that she's having as an author. Indeed. And And she's got, you know, not just interesting, um, you know, that stuff is definitely interesting, but also just the success that she's having, her stories seems so interesting. We've ordered one of her books now since we had the interview. I'm yeah. excited for it to get here. Well, you and, know, I like those kind of reads too. Oh yeah, so the young I'm adult excited kind of stuff. to. Um, well, we are going to read. We are ordering also the toilet paper. That's the one I ordered. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's I, the but first I'm going to get another one of. I, I got to look at the descriptions and see which one you want to order first. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, I've put all the links in the show notes to Jamie's YouTube and her Instagram and her Twitter and the list goes on. She's yes. very busy. She's very good at marketing. And I think that's hugely important. And I think that's, that's partially where I could probably, you know, tighten up a little bit yeah. as it relates to my yeah. writing, but it was very nice to sit and talk with her and, uh, yeah, she's killing it. Yeah. And you know what I love about, um, since you've been doing this and all the authors that we've met, yep. everybody, you guys are a very tight knit community. It's very supportive. Everybody is very supportive. Yeah, I and love that. I think that is a wonderful thing. I don't think you find that in all um, professions. Professions. Yeah, I don't either. But I think. I feel like you find it a lot with artists. Yeah, I do too, actually. So, artists in general seem yeah, to be that way. Um, because, you know, there's so many other 
I think when you find, you know, a company who sells something, you know, material wise, they want you to think theirs is number one. So they're willing to compare and contrast with other instead of supporting and upbuilding anybody that's, you know what I mean? Right. So, but authors do not do that. They don't go read my book because it's better, you know, than their like, book. yeah, I think, I think a lot of authors, maybe all authors are readers, you know, at heart mm-hmm. and, as a reader, you know, there's no limit to the amount of books you can read. And I think I, I'm going to get this wrong, but there's an, an old sort of adage or saying about readers is that when you die, your bedside table is going to have, you know, a small stack of books that you could never make it to. There's something like that where you, oh, there's yeah. just so much that you want to read yeah. that you just don't have enough time to. Well, I think Jamie brought something, was it Jamie or Violet that brought it out? Now I can't remember. Um, where they said there's three billion books in the world or whatever it was. And if somebody chose yours, that's like... It's a miracle in itself it's to a sell miracle. one book. Yeah. <laughs> so to be able to have some success as an author and people are finding your books really without you even doing so much marketing, yeah. that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I agree. But thank the world of Amazon for that too, because you have that exposure that you wouldn't normally have. Right. So I thought that was uh, a pretty cool statement. Me too. Um, but anyway, so uh, we we did that interview with Jamie, and it was uh, really nice to sit and chat with her. And this is our Christmas special. So before we wrap up, and, and again, um, because this is our special, we're not really doing a deep dive into the information station. We just wanted to say that we hope you guys are having a very Merry Christmas. Um, happy Holidays. Happy Holidays. If you celebrate Hanukkah or, or anything else, we hope that you've been having a Uh, Time with your family, time with the people you care about the most, time to yourself, taking a break away from your work day. Or doing something you love. Indeed. Getting some writing in if you're a writer. Yep, that's what I'm (laughs) going to be doing. (laughs) Or, you know, just rest and relaxation, you know, just rejuvenate before 2020 is here. It's right around the corner, people. (laughs) It is, yes. And we've got some plans for the very beginning of the year we'll be talking about as we get into the show. We've got some great guests lined up for the first part of next year. And the uh, we're seeing a, a sort of an uptick in the momentum of the podcast. So we really yes. want to thank you guys for all of your support. We love it. We love doing it. Would we like to make this a full-time job? I would one oh, day. Oh, indeed. I can see uh, This in writing. Yes, of course, in writing. <laughs> I can see... It's all fine and dangy on the side of an RV traveling the United States. Well, there's your vision board right there. That's the vision board, baby. That's part of it. Yes, I love it. And I think you put that on the very first post we made. What's that? Uh, Oh, I did. It's on the website, too. Yes, our very first episode, actually. So if you go to our, scroll down and look at our very first episode, I think there is a picture of an RV with a fine and dangy logo on the side. You are absolutely right. That's that is, right, baby. That's, that was our that's our vision from the beginning. So yeah, yeah. so I photoshopped a uh, a fine and dangy logo on the back of like an airstream or something. Yeah. So yeah. Let's make it happen. I would love to make that happen. You know that. Indeed, me too. So um, as we're wrapping up, we just want to remind you guys, if you enjoy the show, please give us a rating and a review. It could be a one sentence review. If you love the show, please subscribe. Give us a call anytime at 407-519-0515 if you want to be a guest on the show, if you have an idea for the show, mm-hmm. if you have someone that you think would be a good guest for the show that you want us to reach out to, you can also email us 
at feedback at fineanddange.com. That's F-I-N-E-A-N-D-D-A-N-J-E-E.com. You can always contact us through the website at fineanddange.com. That's where you can also find recordings of all the podcasts, as well as pictures of all of our guests, all yeah. the links we talk about on the shows. And the show's available on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, you name it. Yeah. It's everywhere. And I definitely encourage you to check the website out because you it has all the links in our episode notes yep. as far as, you know, any of those um guests that we've had, things they've mentioned, um, organizations they're involved in, their personal, you know, um, or author websites, things like that. So you can find all the information there. And there's some great things from the information station of like research we've done. So some articles to read and stuff. That's right. And even though those links are in each and every one of the shows and the show notes, that's sort of a place where you can just get them all on one spot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyway, guys, so we hope you have a great rest of the day and we will be back tomorrow with our regular episode. (laughs) So please tune in for that because we've got another great community call out and another great guest that we were able to interview and we've just been really lucky this week with yeah. a couple of really great guests. And uh, we're thankful. And yes, we'll we see are. you guys on the next one tomorrow. And just remember, at the end of each and every day, it's, it's all, all fine and dandy. Is it recording? Yeah. Okay. Who brought us into the? All right. Who brought us into the?